sit down, be thankful, big smile. Although it's painful, I look up and see clouds. Woo! Wine and Culture Los Angeles episode 11. What is happening? The time has flown, guys. Uh, I am Dev, your neighborhood wine expert, host and sommelier. I'm back with a phenomenal guest, uh, Rich Antonello, CEO of Complex and Complex Networks. Um, I think in this episode, more than anything, you'll really hear uh, my gratitude come out for being able to sit down and speak with a guy like that. If you've never heard him talk, I mean, he's just spitting genius level knowledge uh, with every word that comes out. He's raw. He's honest. He's funny. He loves wine. Um, if you're tired of Cabernet and Pinot, I got a Shiraz for you. So we'll dig into that. Um, hopefully get, make you guys feel a little bit smarter uh, when you're out there drinking wine and ordering this and whatnot. But uh, very, very excited to present this to you guys. Thank you for coming back. I love you guys. And let's get into this. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody. This is Wine and Culture. Uh, I am Devin. I'm your host, neighborhood wine expert and sommelier. I am here with someone very special. This is Rich Antonello, CEO of Complex Complex Networks. Um, how are you, my brother? Uh, well, I'm happier that you're here. This is, this is a very special experience for me as well, so I'm very happy. So I can't really understate how humbled I am to be able to sit down with you. <laughs> seriously, seriously, I already told you this. Like, I'm humble, I'm grateful, I'm thankful. Thank you so much. Um, today, we are going to drink some good wine. So we have a 2002 uh, Penfolds Ben 389. Uh, it's their Cabernet Shiraz blend. Now, I brought the 2002, Rich didn't even know. I brought the 2002 to commemorate his uh, start at Complex, which was in 2002. So congratulations on almost 20 years, man. How do you, how's it feel? Uh, like five years. Really? In the best way possible. So it was fun. I mean, look, when you get to build something that is your passion mm -hmm. and it becomes both a commercial success from a community perspective and a massive business success, what more can you ask out of your life? Like, it's as good as it gets. Yeah, man. It's as good as it gets. Complex is, I mean, God, mass success editorial it's really been one of those things that has framed the the like the soundtrack of my life i'm a i'm just i'm just a ridiculous fan of complex also past that a ridiculous fan of the how and the 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 what and what you got you guys have put into it we'll get into that we're gonna jump into this wine really quick so as i mentioned we're drinking the 2002 vintage now um, this is a little bit older vintage. I wanted to do something nice for Rich and Flex, but you guys can get the newest vintage. Go to wine.com right now, 2018, Penfolds Ben 389, it's a Cabernet Shiraz blend. If you like Cabernet, that depth, that body, you throw in some Syrah, you get some more some, uh, depth and body, $69. It's $69. Fun fact about the 2018 that I'm telling you guys to go buy, it is the highest rated Ben 389 in history. They've been making it for 30 years. We talked about that. 30 years, and the 2018 that I want you guys to go buy is $69. It's the highest rated ever. Um, the there's the rating, and then, well, there's, and, yeah, then there's the, yeah. and then there's the real quality. Like you're talking about a value wine in the sense that it's a high price point on a relative basis, but drinks like a four or five hundred dollar bottle of wine. That's the whole point. Is you get to have a level of experience, level up experience 
for a fair price. Talk to him. Think about it that way. Mm. So now, um, what is Penfolds? Penfolds is the most uh, famous winery in all of Australia. Uh, they've been around since 1844 making wine. 1951 is when they got really famous when they created the Penfolds Grange, which right now Penfolds Grange goes for five, six, seven hundred dollars a bottle. Um, Penfold, Penfold, excuse me, Penfolds Grange is a predominant uh, Syrah blend, which in Australia they call it Shiraz. Uh, this Ben 389 is a predominant Cabernet blend. It's one of those rare wines where the volume, the production has increased, but the quality has risen. Usually you sacrifice one or the other, but uh, we've already been digging into this. We really like this. The age on these vines have done this, these, for sure, this brand very well. Older vines, concentrated wines. Uh, like I said, they just flipped the Cabernet and Syrah. The Penfolds Grange, the really expensive one I was telling you guys about, they only make 7,000 cases per year. That is nothing for the entire world. So um, this is really dope. We're going to taste this wine for you guys real quick. Um, we're going to do the five S's of wine tasting. So we got a sea, swirl, smell, sip, savor. Or in our case, we can sea, swirl, smell, sip, swag. Whatever, yeah, I, I like, whatever we want to do. I like the latter. Whatever we want to do. So, mm. really quick, because what I'm teaching you guys is how to taste wine as if you're blind tasting. The ultimate goal is to be able to stick your nose in this and tell what it is without even looking at the bottle. Okay, first thing, we're going to give it a little swirl as we see it. So we're going to look at it, see the wine, and what do you see? I'm looking up to my hand, usually hold up to something white. Dark color. Right. It's first thing I notice. Cabernet and Shiraz are thick skinned grapes. Very pigmented. They're dark. They're sexy. But even honestly, for something this old, even at the edges that have no brown, for sure. it's unbelievable at this point. Rich is talking about rim variation. The older red wine, uh, as, as red wine ages, it gets lighter. So around the rim, you'll see like a yellowish, orangish type of brown. And what he's saying is there ain't much. No. This thing looks young. That's right. The fruit is just not. It's a cougar. It is on. It, it's a fucking cougar. It doesn't look. That was, that's a line. That is outstanding. <laughs> this is a fucking cougar. It is. Um, so, and then when you're you're looking at it, I'm also going to swirl because I'm going to look at the legs. Again, legs only mean how much alcohol is in your wine. Uh, knowing that this is from Australia, Australia is hot as hell. And knowing that Cabernet usually gets high alcohol, I'm gonna guess this is 14.9. Oh, I'm gonna say 14.9. It could be anywhere from what 14 and a half. I haven't looked 14, at it. 14.5. 14.5? Yep, I win. He won. He won. It's all good. I was 0. 0.4 off, but uh, that's kind of a lot in the wine world. Okay, so we uh, looked at the wine. We're swirling. Now we're gonna smell. What you smell, bro? Oh, you know it's changed. I mean, even from when I first it. It did. It, it was softened the nose. It was, it was muted. When I say muted, I just mean it was, was kind of hard for me to smell when I first smelled it. Now I'm like, it's, it's coming alive. So. I, I'm not getting as much fruit on the front, on the nose, even though it's there. Yeah, and, and usually, you know, red wine is any combination of, you know, red and black fruit. You can say blackberries, raspberries, strawberries, whatever. But this is, a minute ago, we were tasting, it was smelling like vanilla. Right. So if I'm blind tasting this, I'm like, okay, this is a red wine. It's kind of old. Like, what am I, what am I really smelling? Maybe I can, I, I know it's Cab, but I would not guess Syrah. At no, this point, not either. I would, no way. I, I wouldn't guess that. No. Okay. I would almost, honestly, like, I, it, 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 it smells like a Cote d'Aron. Yeah. It yeah. really does. Syrah like, as well. Uh, yes. But I mean, it's like a... Not as not as deep of a wine. It yeah. gives off a very subtle nose. It's very, yeah, for sure, for sure. And and we've already tasted. The next thing we're gonna do is sip and savor or sip and swag, whatever you want to do. 
but um, it was it was still so imbalanced for being 19 years old. Tremendous. Okay, I mean, let, let's 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 drink this. Hmm. Wow. Tannins is that grippiness that you feel on your teeth. It's like you took a piece of chalk, ground it up, and literally ate it. On this, they are there, but they don't. Because I don't like tan. They don't. They don't. It I don't, I don't prefer. Face. It, it does not punch in the face. face. It's, it's, it's perfect. It's just. It's still a little tight too. We it just is. It, it is. It's it still is. a little tight. And, and what he, he means by that is is rare. Usually, young wine is tight. It's got that biting tan, and sometimes you drink it, you're kind of like, what is this? This is 19 years old. It tastes like that. That means this is quality shit, and it's yeah. very well made. I mean, you know what I like about this? To me, what jumps out from a flavor is you get the black fruit. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a black fruit mm -hmm. wine, mm -hmm. and the f the fruits are there. It is the antithesis of a fruit bomb, however. Yes. Yes. And if they didn't balance it with the tannins. I actually think the age has just softened and rounded this wine out. Mm -hmm. Like it is. I mean, first of all, it is begging for a peppercorn steak. It is. It is begging for a paper, like a marbled peppercorn steak. The more I drink this, the tannins are more present. I, which is that's which crazy. is which is backwards, right? Backwards like, too. like that's fucking crazy. I, I needed a minute to open. I up. think it really. And I, I didn't think did. it would. Wow. This is a different, like a very different one. This is great. Yeah, and you get like, like a little bit of that leather, a little bit of this, a little bit of the stink. Mm -hmm. Like I mean, it really, it again, it does. If you had, if you pinned me and said, like, what is this what as is a blend? I would never get this varietal. I wouldn't guess Shiraz. Again, Shiraz is called. It's a Syrah in Australia. I would not guess. I would guess a, I would guess cab. I would guess a cab, but I would probably guess predominant cab. I would probably guess like it definitely. Cab. I would ne like there's definitely no petite verdot. There's mm -hmm. no there's mm -hmm. no blend in there. Mm -hmm. Like this is, it actually is. It's a little bit like have you had some of the older Opus? Yeah. No, that's a hundred percent. Yeah. It's a hundred because Opus is a hundred percent cab, right? Mm -hmm. And you get those thinner years. That's what this this reminds me of a little bit. Mm. You know, it's For like sure. super high quality grape. That kind of that that they didn't do a lot to. This is not this is not an altered wine. And funny you mentioned that. So in Australia, because it's so damn hot, grapes ripen very quickly, very well, high alcohol. And usually, what winemakers in Australia have to do is add acid in. Really? Natural, well, I didn't know that. Acidification. So natural acidity comes from like cool climates, Germany, uh, right. Chablis, Alsace, stuff like that, where there's this great acidity, like a Riesling, to make your right. mouth water. In Australia, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hot as shit. Sometimes they had to add acid in. I'm not saying it happened with this. I'm saying that it's When did they do crush? Crush? Like when do they pull the grapes? Well, if I had to guess, uh, I mean, because they're flipped, right? They're yeah, and some yeah, and and that's why, um, like Australia, uh, you'll see like a, a twenty twenty. You might see like a twenty twenty one cloudy bay. It's right. just like uh, it Wait, just how is yeah, that, like right, how, how is that possible? It's just flipped. But everybody's different. I'm not saying that they did acidification. I'm just saying it's a common practice in, yep. in Australia. So it's it's an outstanding. It is. And thank you for bringing. 2020. I appreciate For that. Sure. That is uh, very nice. So, man, you've come a long way from having friendly wrestling matches <laughs> with executives <laughs> on conference room tables to try to get bigger budgets to now complex con, complex land, complex media, uh, complex sports, complex shop, freaking hotmans, sneaker, sneaker shopping, shopping, soul the collector show, I full size run. 
Yeah. We can keep going. I mean, we can keep going. I mean, I know how many affiliate sites you have. Like, it's 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 a it's it's, a, it's an empire. It's an empire. I feel at home when I read Complex. When I'm on Complex.com, um, I was telling you earlier. I just stumbled across an article. You guys had like ten writers do like the the best rapper every year since 1979. I went down a fucking rabbit hole. I was I was on there for an hour. You had honorable mentions. I was just like, who does this? like this well we have two advantages number one um and we've had this from the beginning you know we if you notice like the business itself we've been a lot of different businesses over the 20 years that we've been in existence right um and but what's interesting is we've never changed the topics we covered mm -hmm. right we've never changed we were hip-hop and by the way, not just the music, but the culture of hip hop. I know that, that's, that's done now, but not a lot of people understood that when we launched. Right. We did, right. because, and we looked at hip hop as the, the kind of the backbone, the cartilage that held all of the other verticals together. True. So the other verticals were sneakers, art and design, shopping. Like if you think about like everything that went with that, right? Those, we've never changed those topics. Mm -hmm. All we've done, is iterate the format in which we deliver it and the distribution channels. And we stay in front of the formats because we want to be the innovators and the definers of where things are going. And then because we're able to garner audience because we're so out in front, both on differentiated topics, unlike anybody else, and yeah. the formats, we're able to dictate the distribution to a greater degree than other people. Yeah. And that's why we've been more successful. But think about how hard it is to be truly authentic in those categories. And like, that's the big differentiator, right? Like the, why you said you loved it and you felt like this was your like Bible or guide or sure. go to, right? I, I, I told Rich earlier that being on Complex, felt I felt understood. I felt it was the big brother that I didn't have. I'm the oldest in my family. It was the, it was the big brother, like somebody got me. I'm reading, even two days ago when I was reading the article, I was like, Damn, and I'm going back through every year, like 1998 was DMX, Arts of the Year, and I'm just like, damn, and that's when he released two albums in the same year, and I'm just like, you, you can't, it's, it's rare to go anywhere and find content like that that makes you feel Well, I mean, like that. It, it's funny, though, like, it's, it shouldn't be rare, because there were so many people that have been like wanting this, the demand was already there, already there, but many of the media outlets that existed were, were antiquated, yes. um, you know, always looking backwards, reporting on the news rather than making it. Mm -hmm. Like our viewpoint is we have our pulse, our finger on the pulse of what's been going on. Right. You know, not just in the streets, but everywhere, mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, literally youth culture went from being something that was a component to what drives all of culture, mm -hmm. right? If you think about social media, and adults now take their leads from kids. They follow the dances and everything else. Yeah. If you think about programming on TV, it's all taking its lead from what actually starts socially now. Yeah. And we're a brand that is at the, at the forefront of that. And why we're at the forefront is being smarter from a business perspective, but really also is hiring people from the culture. That's like what that, I was gonna say. That's earlier. the big key. When you said it's a, it's rare because um, it shouldn't be like that, and I want to say earlier, when you hire the people who know what we want, like that is when you get the perspective 
of what people need. And, and as, as I imagine it has to take a lot of uh, confidence and bravery to believe in, in those people. Yourself, you're a sneakerhead, right? Yep. You got you to gotta have a movement of people, like-minded people, to believe and say, this is what people well, want to see. Well, you know what's funny, though, is I, I actually don't think it's brave in the slightest bit. Um, number one, uh, you know, what, we, what was I going to do when we had very small budgets when we first launched? Um, a, I couldn't afford to go take a New Yorker writer and like be like, oh, write about sneakers. Number one, the content would have been trash, for number sure, one. For sure. And here's the other thing is, I, like, I couldn't afford it, yeah. right? So part of it was necessity in the beginning, but even more so, like, I always felt like if we were going to be that relevant to the communities that we were, were, were finally shining a light on what the real narratives that were going on in those communities were, we needed to be, we needed to go inside out, not outside in. Right. This is not a voyeur's perspective. For sure. This is your, like your brother putting his arm around you. Let me show you the real way. Exactly. Let me tell you what's really up with this, right? And that, I don't, it's, it sounds really easy in concept, but how that manifests is you gotta have people that are brand fans and vertical experts first. I don't give a crap if they have a college degree, I never have. I don't give a crap if they went to the right school or have a journalism degree. Like if you're super passionate about what's going on and you have a voice, mm -hmm. we're gonna figure out how to make that work. Yeah. And to me, you know, we can work on all the other stuff. Everybody else hires for the other stuff and then tries to train the passion. No wonder your content sucks. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but it's just true. Question. Um, there's a viral Soldier Boy video right now where he's like, he's like, I'm the first rapper to ever be on YouTube, and I'm the first rapper to eat Skittles in a video, and just like, and now it's it's kind of gone like there's parodies of it. They're they're making fun of it. He's like, he's the first rapper to do everything. A lot of people don't know. First of all, I didn't I didn't even know that you guys were working with Nice Kicks. Um, that's where I went to. One get, of our first, one of our first sites in our network. Like Jordans back in the day when I could, you know, sold out in the store, or whatever. Nice case. A lot of people don't know that uh, Kim Kardashian was the first cover. Complex. Well, not our first cover. Her first cover. Yes. Complex did Kim Kardashian's first ever cover. Do you do you feel a little Soldier Boy in that? It's like we were the first to do all these things. I mean, we, we don't look at it that way. Uh, we never think about it from the standpoint of getting credit. Mm -hmm. um, the question, because the question is who you're getting the credit from. Like, mm -hmm. I know we get a lot of credit from our community. Yeah. I know we get a lot of love and a lot of support from our community. And, you know, I, I'm going to go a little Brooklyn here, but like, if you know, you know. Number yeah. one. True. So those are the ones I'm really worried about. True. Right? The real ones. Um, and, and that's really you know, that because if you're, if you're good with that, I guarantee you in this day and age, the trickle down of all of that, right. then you're foundational, For then sure. you're good, For right? Sure. You can't fake that part. Um, now like the voyeur's credit, like the press or yeah. other things like that. I mean, it would be nice to get it, but it really doesn't matter to us because I don't need the New York times validation For that sure. we are the epitome of youth culture because honestly they don't know they're not the arbiters of it so it'd be great to get it but no biggie like it's all good that's great um we're gonna pour some more wine and we'll be right back because i'm thirsty another one we're back um this wine totally changed like this wine tasted like one thing 20 minutes ago 
it tastes like something totally different now. The fruit's more there. The tannins are. Are you making parallels being a chameleon? Ah, like, like you making parallels. I, I, I wasn't, but uh, subconsciously you were. Yeah, subconsciously I was. But let me let me ask about that because I literally swear to God I wasn't. But but Rich, I'm gonna ask him a question. We talked about it earlier. Um, I thought something dope that you said was never to resist change. It's deeper than that, but yes. Embrace change, and you said that change is like shedding skin. I thought that was so cool because it it speaks to, you know, what you saw. We were talking about the pandemic um, earlier, and I want to know kind of what your mind state was in the pandemic, and we talked about how the fact that you shut your offices down, and you guys got a little bit of a jump on work from home. And it just is is indicative of almost everything that I have ever read about Complex, how you guys were ahead of the game, you saw it coming, why resist it? Well, I mean, look, it's a very simple concept for me. Like, I look at things and go, if you either can embrace the change fully and help define where the marketplace is going, or you can be paralyzed by the initial change that you're gonna have, and then be forced to be part of the caboose. And we just never want to be the caboose. Like, for us, I'd rather be a little too early and make a little bit more mistakes and be, again, part of that defining where everything is going. That is really the concept. And that's true whether times are good or bad, right? You know, when we pivoted aggressively into video in 2012, we had the best year we ever had. So we were doing that in good times. This year, last year in 2020, uh, the pandemic hit us in the face and hit the same way it hit everybody else. A lot of people got paralyzed or went right to the negative. How do we just hold on? Well, my viewpoint is, is when no one else is spending or no one else is investing in new opportunities and they're just trying to keep it together, keep the wheels on, every dollar you spend acts like $5. So we went and we're like, well, wait a second, we're not gonna be able to do a live event like ComplexCon, let's do the best, most uh, 360 degree experience that no one's ever seen before you with turn, Complex Land. You turn ComplexCon into Complex Shop into Complex Land, which is going That's on right. right now. I mean, it's just the, it's just the... Uh, but it's an attitude. It's an attitude and a thought process. It's also a master class in how to pivot. And, and well, hold on. I'm, I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna disagree with that as a statement because mm-hmm. a pivot usually is done out of duress, mm-hmm. right? This isn't a pivot. It's an actual an add-on. Like we didn't turn our back on on things. Like we're going back to ComplexCon this year. We added oh, sure. something additional. Yeah, for sure. So I just I, I want to make sure that when people people use a lot of vernacular mm-hmm. in this. Um, so do you want to make sure that people understand you're not pivoting from something a specific right gotcha. exactly like gotcha. it's there's a thought you're, process it's more a you're actually it's more of like opening your aperture to be more inclusive of more opportunities for sure. For sure. right so I think it's a little bit more we think of accretive of how do we add things mm-hmm. to our already deep connection to consumers rather than and how do we optimize that rather than how do we like, well, what's the new thing we can jump on right, and right. chase? Pivot, we yeah, never chase. not the word. That's right. Transform or, yeah, or just change. This adapt. is the most addicting wine I've had in a long time. I <laughs> no, just, it's fucking like, phenomenal. I, I, again, cheers. I cannot cheers. say thank cheers, you enough, thank by you. the way. Hmm. So where do you want to go? 
So, I mean, we, we talked about the pandemic. Um, I, I, like I said, we talked about change. I think it's really, really cool um, how you embrace change. One thing that we talked about, maybe alluded to earlier, is, and I want to talk about maybe getting a little nerdy. Um, when digital ad revenue overtook television revenue for the first time in 2016, you had been on that train for 10 fucking years. That's right. Like, talk about the insight. So, look, um, you know what we were talking about before of how, you know, we haven't changed the topics that we cover, but we've changed the format and the distribution. That, that we, you can't define distribution. You can't define formats. That is driven by the consumer. But what you, can you define is the topics you cover and the tone and narrative that you create. So we master the stuff we're in control of, and then we really iterate on the other side. So look, think about it. We're in two, we finished 2006. We launched in, in May of 02. We launched at the end of 06, we had broken even as a magazine, right? Like just print. Mm -hmm. And first of all, it's miraculous to break even in print after three and a half years, right? So sorry, this is a little bit of a longer story, no, but I think no, it's no, worth, this go, arc is go, worth it. Go. And I went to my owners at that time and we're like, good news, bad news is. The good news is we broke even and we're about to start making money. Yeah. The bad news is I need to take every penny of profit and, that's and, put, and put it back into launching a digital network. And that's when you start wrestling on that was covers. That was, that was a, <laughs> you that was, that was a rather, we'll, we'll get into that deeper story at a later date um, <laughs> after a lot more wine. Yeah. But um, let's just say it was a rather contentious conversation. <laughs> um, which, by the way, everybody should be prepared. Yeah. Not, not always have a physical confrontation over it, but if, when you want to do something big and different, you're going to have a very, you're not going to have a lot of people supporting things like that and get used to it. Like that is not a bad thing to know that that is going to be something that you're not only going to have to confront once, twice, but consistently as you continue to grow, if you want to do big things. Yeah. And I think that's, I, I think we don't do, we do a disservice to a lot of young entrepreneurs to think like, well, if you raise a lot of capital, you'll be good. You just get to go and do whatever you want. And that's not the case. Mm -hmm. um, you have boards, you have- For sure. You have a lot- More of people to keep happy. You have, right, 100%. So, but luckily we were able to get through 06 and go, all right, we're gonna take all the profits that, we, that we're gonna make in 07 and put it into digital. And we launched a digital ad network with um, Nah Right and Nice Kicks and a whole bunch of like the best voices that were out there in the blog. Fucking Nice Kicks. Now hold on, hold on, now hold on. Think about this. There were so many good voices. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like SK and, and, and Night Nation at, 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 at also at Nah Right was, you gotta remember, they were the voice of the streets at that point, yeah, right? So we were best in class. And this was before social had really exploded. So we had actually identified what the first real influencers were. They just hadn't had their platform yet, mm -hmm. right? The people who were writing blogs were the ones influencing everybody else. So we aggregated all the best voices on an exclusive basis to build out what we felt like were the ultimate community. And then when social exploded, these were the voices that everybody disproportionately wanted to launch. So everybody's traffic went through the roof and we had all of them aggregated together 
and we were able to really monetize them on a massive basis to the large scale brands at that point because they wanted scale. Nobody would ever go buy Nice Kicks on its own, right? But when AT&T wanted to talk to youth, if you wrap Nice Kicks and Complex and sure. Vlad and Narai and Hip Hop DX and everybody together, yeah, wow, you guys we had everybody, dude. What the Dude, everybody. All the best voice, the entire new music I did a lot of research and I didn't know that. The entire new music (laughs) cartel were were in our network, right? Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to advertise at all, you had to come through us. Um, And it was, again, not deep. It's just very few people were going to be able to have conversations with them from a brand respect basis and bring the business aspect at the same time. So who other than Complex could pull that off? So you've helped a lot of people. Well, I mean, look, there's a lot of people helped us too. So it's yeah, a two-way yeah, street, yeah, and that's yeah. the best partnerships in the world. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not an, if, if, it's, if you have an exploitative relationship, for sure. you're not helping anybody, for sure. for right? Sure. But if you are helping you, Ming, at Sneaker, Sneaker News, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, uh, and you're helping uh, Matt and Nice Kicks, yeah. and I mean, these are good guys yeah. who were a big part of our business for a long period of time, and Tommy and Hip Hop DX, Oh, you know, man. and Greg, and like, I mean, dude, it just, it was a community, yeah. and we were the kind of, the business point of that. We made all of those communities make sense yeah. to the large-scale advertisers, and we were well ahead of that, right? And then, so I was like, okay, it's 2010, 2011, the business is just booming. What's next, right? So the format innovation of going heavy into video was the launch of Complex News, which then iterated into the verticalized slate that we cut, which was Hot Ones and Sneaker Shopping and all these shows, right, that were really, we acted like a cable network that was bringing, that was speaking to a different audience on our platforms and YouTube in a different way. And nobody, at that point, YouTube wasn't really making a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. Like people weren't making 11 and 22, 11 minutes, 22 minutes. They weren't making ready for TV formats. People were doing like, you know, face, you know, face the camera. We were like, no, let's do super high quality premium programming with celebs that are talking about the topics that are near and dear to us that these kids really care about and treat it with like big budgets and make it gorgeous. And I want to congratulate you on sneaker shopping and on Hot Ones uh, because, I mean, you guys are like absolutely killing it and it's just a testament to... By the way, if you haven't watched Full Size Run, you got to watch Full Size Run. I'm on it. I'm all Trinidad, Trinidad James combined with Brendan Dunn and Matt Welty talking about... It's basically the like the view for sneakers. <laughs> All over, and it's funny as hell. But my my point is that you guys had concepts that you believed in. Instead of selling it to Joe Blow, you said, "Fuck that! This is this is something we believe in. Let's continue to produce it. Let's take it all the way up, and let's license it." Well, you, look, you didn't give away your. your well, we would, you gotta own you gotta own and control the IP. And when I say control the IP, it isn't just about the initial distribution that you're getting. It's thinking about it from the standpoint of how how do you give it to the biggest audience, but how do we maintain the credit and the control around that? Sure. Right? We look at our distribution platforms not as distribution platforms and good partners in that, but we want to be able to take it to different regions, to different time periods, and we want to be able to monetize and optimize 
the windows that we actually have around this content. And if we're the creators of it, and we understand the audience better than other people, and we understand the marketing, and we're gonna bring all of that to the table, then we should be able to cut better deals. And we have, now it took patience, real patience and discipline to do all of those things. Patience to develop those audiences. These shows were not gangbusters coming out, right? You gotta remember, it took a long time to build an audience around sneaker shopping. It took a long time to build an audience around hot ones. And then we could have cut the big check, but that would have been short money. Yeah. We wanna, if you wanna build an empire, you gotta own and control. And that's, we've spent a lot of time developing a library of hours and hours of premium content that is the best youth culture content out there that we, is untethered to platforms that we can take anywhere we want and optimize from a window and a region perspective. He's dropping fucking jewels, just ju dropping jewels all over. I hope everybody's listening. It's not that deep. It's not that hard. It is not that hard. I know, but like, this is like game. It's just like sp sprinkling game all over the floor. It's, think about who your real consumer is, how do you stay true to them, and how do you make the most money doing that with, with never, never, with never rubbing the other side, mm -hmm. right? Like you're maximizing both sides. Mm -hmm. And I just think a lot of people either look to exploit an audience and reverse engineer a business, yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah, yeah. is just so fake. And honestly, you might have success during a small window, but you won't have longevity. Yeah. Or you have people who are like really savvy from a business perspective and are never able to gain the authenticity with the end consumer. For sure. So those are your two, and by the way, like, I mean, you could make a list on both sides of that, like ad nauseum, right? And we've watched a lot of people spend a lot of money not being able to find an audience, not being able to build really good content, and not, like, and just not making a difference mm -hmm. out there. And we look to do all of that together. That's amazing. How are you enjoying the wine? I, I couldn't like it more. I mean, I really, <laughs> That makes me feel really good because this is it's a it's a special one. This is this is for you, man. Like I said, O2 was a, a big year. Uh, and now it's it's so juicy now. Hold on, hold and, on. And I mean, Let's see what we got here. Hold on. Now, like currants smells are different. Out, but now it's spicier. That, yeah, hundred percent. Now it's spicier. It's a little warm on the backside. I mean, it is just. It's, it's an just, unbelievable wine. It trips you out how wine uh, will change over. So this is a quality But hold on, can I jump in there? Sure. It sounds, a lot of these things sound intimidating, but honestly, it's, these are very simple concepts. The best businesses and the best brands and the best people all evolve the way a wine does, mm -hmm. right? It's all very interesting. Mm -hmm. Like you start out and you know, you learn how to like balance yourself, mm -hmm. right? And you make mistakes. Like, they're, like, that's like, I look at like the mistakes you make in your career are like, like non-peak drinking of the wine. Like, don't open it yet, it's not ready, <laughs> right? Like, not to make this weird, you're laughing, no, but you no, get these parallels, perfect. right? Like, it's like, and I had, then- I had a weird point at, at 18. Like, I was just kind of like, I didn't know, but then by 1921, I had rounded up. Right, you're the same, same product, same person, mm -hmm. just your time was right <laughs> to drink. Right? Yeah. And it's, and, and, and there's, it's sorry to get all like, no, but it's all, but you're, but you're right. But like, this didn't taste like it did 30 minutes ago. Like, it's, it's changed, it's evolved. It's so fucking good. And the point of wine is to be able to enjoy it with great folks and have memorable times. And, and I'm going to make, I'm going to make one very bad pun. But like, 
What's go. funny is as this wine is open, it's gotten more and more complex. complex. It really has. Boom. And it, it's <laughs> and I, I I'm, and it's a fact and it's a reality, right? Um, Cheers, dude. Mm. I also want to say one thing about. Yeah. Um, I know you, you're interviewing me, but I want to say one thing about what you're trying to do. Mm. And um, you know, traditionally, wine has been something that. Um, has been very scary for a lot of people and very intimidating and for me I, I, I don't think it's it should be either of those um, and I'm not talking about the price points and other things like that because there's plenty of great wine that is great value you talked about one at the beginning of this um, but you know it, it this is wine is an experience that everyone should have 100%. with their best friends with their families 100%. As celebrations 100%. and understanding the nuance, the history of this, there's so many great parallels and really deep references that can come and people can enjoy those things. I, I, I like it, it. It it bothers me that it's it's something that is not enjoyed by more people, and I cannot give you enough props you. for, you know, not only coming at a very interesting issue. Um, in a very different way, but in a very approachable and real way. And that is, it's just, I hope that you're not just shining a light on a conversation that needs to be had, but I hope a light gets shown on you to make that conversation larger. You know how much I appreciate that? I really fucking appreciate that. This well, is... I mean, it's important stuff. I mean, technically, it's very similar to what we tried to do I mean, we There's we weren't trying to just build a big business. Yeah. We were trying to like, honestly, speak to a whole bunch of people that had no place else to go for a narrative. You shed a light on the like, for instance, the band Jordan Ones from '85. Like, there's a fucking story as to why they were banned. Like, let's That's talk right. about the story. There's a story about this wine. There's a story about Pinfold's Grange. There's a whole fucking story. So yeah, it just it needs to be told. And that's gonna be the difference as, you know, more and more influencers and more and more, the world is changing. Mm -hmm. The people that actually know and understand the histories and the references. The bridge, are, we talked about the bridge. Are the ones that will be, that will have to play the long game and that will be around. Others will come and go. Yeah. And, you know, don't be a participant or a voyeur. Like, be the definer. Like, get educated. Yeah, for sure. And we talked about at the end of the day, and this is about people. That's it's right. about educating people. We're going to drink some more wine. The best part's coming back. Uh, just wait. Just just hold on. We'll be right back. Another one. We are back. We just had a spirited conversation to drink some more wine. Always. Um, we're going to, this is, uh, again, this has been a humbling honor, but I'm going to wrap up with a lightning round. Are you ready? I am ready. I got a couple, like, quick fire questions punch, to just punch. throw at Let's you. Go. Okay, you ready? I feel like this would be some like background music, like doo, 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 we can put it on. <laughs> okay, um, we're gonna kick you off right now with favorite musical artist across any genre. All right, um, I'm gonna get some more wine. You know, what, I like. You know what? Look, I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna cop out, and I'm gonna have to go two people, and here's why. I'm really sorry, but look, for me, growing up where I grew up. And the type of person I am is what is the experience, right? Like no one to me, um, and it's a little bit of like a narrative of close to complex. Like 
I am a humongous Rakim fan, right? Like, I mean, to me, the ultimate lyricist, mm-hmm. the ultimate deliver, the the flow, mm-hmm. the whole package, mm-hmm. right? Like Mr. MC, okay, me, right? And similar, totally different genre, but really just as good of a lyricist. Unbelievable melodies. Um, I'm a huge Eddie Vedder fan. So Eddie Vedder and Rakim are my two guys. Have Sorry. you ever? Had a, you you should have got a Rakim and Eddie Vedder complex cover. Oh shit! Actually, that would have been like you're first welcome. of all, the problem you're is welcome. I would have fanboyed out. You're and welcome. It would have been a problem. You're welcome. That would have been a real problem. <laughs> Thank me later. That, I, Thank I me like later. that. I like that. Um, okay, what is your favorite sport to watch? Um, I'm gonna go baseball. Baseball. And 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 there's let me explain why because okay. you know for me everything is thought process mm-hmm. like. Number one, I love the sport, I love the Yankees, whatever, but, you know, baseball, there's so many little nuances to it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who just watch it for the home run, like chicks dig the long ball, the whole shebang, right? Um, That's not really what I love about it. To me, I love going to Yankee Stadium, I love sitting on the third base side, and and little things like watching, you know, you got a right-handed pitcher, you got, formerly, I'm going to age myself, but Derek Jeter playing short. And you cool. watch him start to move, and instead of moving towards the middle, he, he got a lefty up, right? A lefty up, a lefty up, right hand pitcher. So you move, and you see you him, move, and you, you see him towards the first base side. And you're like, wait a second, he's moving towards third base in the Which, hole, and you're like, oh, you know what the pitcher's throwing? He's throwing a fastball because the guy is not going to be able to he's catch up. He's expecting him to, to, to so, slice it to, right, to the little, left side. Little wow. things, like the, it's like to me, and I'm, wow. by the way, I got a hundred of those. I've but never like, thought about that. But it's like, it's the nuance that real fans, and I'm sorry, but like yeah. look, what we were talking about, like the ones who, the real ones, yeah. who understand the story of the yeah, speaker, yeah. the story of the So you like the, the double switches, like, you like all well, the, the games there's the strategy shit. of it, but then there's the actual, there's, there's a difference between massively t- physically talented mm-hmm. players mm-hmm and people who are students of the game. Okay. Derek Jeter was a, you know, top 100 talent. For sure. But he was a top two student of the game. Mental. And, you know, I, and I hate to say it, like, LeBron is the com- is a perfect combo of, like, both. Yeah. I mean, he is a physical anomaly, mm-hmm. right? Like, an insane physical anomaly, who's just as, his basketball IQ is probably only paralleled by Jordan, maybe. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and that to me is a differentiator between, and Kobe. I love Kevin Durant. Kobe. Or Kobe. Kobe yep. and Kobe, LeBron, and Michael. And it's interesting that now, like, you, you have to have the, the, the Mike conversation and Kobe conversation, they're, they're now combined. Yes. They, well, they, they, were, they were always close, but like, yeah, it's, but it's, but Kobe, but like cerebral. Well, there's the, there's, there's the, yeah, look, to me, Mike and Kobe are more similar from a killer perspective. Mm-hmm. But when you think about talent and basketball IQ is where, I think that's where LeBron starts to elevate. Yeah. Like, it got, could you imagine if he was as angry as Kobe? Oh. Holy crap. This is supposed to be a lightning round, but the conversation is sorry, too fucking I'm good. Sorry, I'm sorry. The conversation sorry. is too fucking good. Okay, on baseball, um, if anybody, if I had to ask anybody to compare you to any baseball player, this could be attitude, work wow. ethic, whatever, but knowing that baseball is your favorite, anybody had to compare you to a baseball player, uh, who do you think it would be? Wow, that's um, that's a tough one. Um, so it's there. Um, you're asking me their opinion, not me. My opinion. I'm asking. Me. 
Yeah, because I don't, I don't, I don't want your opinion. I want, okay. I want someone else's opinion of you. If someone were to say, what I, would, you know, Rich, yeah, and it, I, could, it could be a favorite player. Or well, whatever. no, no, no. I mean, what I would want. Um, look, I, I'm very outspoken, but I'm not, I'm not flashy. Mm-hmm. So I would love to be able to say Tatis, but I'm mm-hmm. just that's not my, that's not me, dude. He's like, mm-hmm. dude, he's the best talent we've seen come into baseball since growth. Uh, let me date myself. Uh, you remember his dad was playing for the Cardinals? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was a yeah. huge fan. Dude, only yeah. person ever to hit two grand singles in one inning. Um, Fernando Tatis. Um, so, I'm old. but I, we're very old. But um, I, I like to me, you know, there's there's some guys out there like I love. Um, I, I think a lot of people. I think I think there's a misperception of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but my what my dream would be would it would be somebody like like an Acuna or a um, uh, or, or a Tatis and why I say that it's not because of their stats mm-hmm. but because they're complete players. Yeah. Their Acuna is, is like as good as it gets in the field. Five to a player, mm-hmm. arm running, he can do it all. Like that would be my dream to sure. say that. Okay. Um, plus, he's also a tremendous teammate. Yeah. You see, him, he's a leader in the dugout. Like, but I, I think more people would say Judge personally. I think more, <laughs> no, but I think a lot of I think my team would say Judge. But you would rather have like a Mookie Betts type. Oh, Every, I mean, yeah. the thing is, there's so many great yeah, yeah, yeah. leaders in baseball right now. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I, I can't believe I even spaced on that. I mean, oh, Betts is bet, yeah. also the classiest guy. Well, he was you know this, so you and you never him. hear him. That's the problem. <laughs> but you never hear him talk shit, right? For like sure. ever. For sure. He he has more fun than anybody on the Passion. field. He's passionate. On By the, the way, field. there's not anything that he can't do as well as anybody else. For sure. Um, you know, it, he's as good as it gets. Yeah. So you know, I, I, I. But I'm a. I am also a humongous fan. Like Judge is the closest thing I've seen to Jeter, mm-hmm. of like the impact he has for on the sure. team. And again, not just on the field, but he is obviously the one they look to. Mm-hmm. Like he's the quiet leader of like that. He's just, his confidence is rock solid. Sure. He never puts himself first. He puts the team first every time. Yeah. And to me, that would be what I would want. Like it's like, gotcha. the, there's the skills, the all around skills that I hope people think I have, but even more so it's, I would want somebody who always puts the team first. Gotcha. Um, what is your favorite complex cover? You gotta pick one. I'm not, I, I I'm gotta not, pick one. I'm not even gonna let All you right, off no, the I'm hook. not gonna cop out then. I I will. It's um. It's it's a pastel cover of Kanye, the Beastie Boys, and Talib Kweli in a golf cart in. Early, like I think it's like an 04, 05. Like it's like through the wire type time frame. I'll have to show you. And it is, it is one of my, first of all, it's a beautiful cover. Mm -hmm. And it's pastel before pastel came back into. Mm -hmm. That was also off the, off the record that was going to be Kanye's first clothing uh, name was supposed to be pastel. Um, But that got killed. Mm -hmm. But um, that, that we were early on Kanye. We had the underground of Talib. And we had the Beastie Boys who were like, you know, the grandfather, the godfathers at that point, and who were near and dear to my heart growing up where I grew up. And it was, and it was a, and it was fun. So it was everything that Complex encompassed from a mashup, Mm -hmm. all in one, 
and who else would have done that at that time? Exactly. To me, that's the epitome of our of my favorite cover. And then last question, uh, who is the best rapper alive? There we go. Wow. Your opinion. Best Shh. rapper alive. You gotta pick one. I gotta pick one. There's, there's 15 choices. Best rapper alive. Could be your favorite. Could, could be your personal favorite. But here's, who's, here's, if you had you to pick a best, you know what it is? You know what it is? Like, the easy answer is right now, like, Cole or Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still go, and, and yes, I'm old, but I'm going with the old guy, and I'm going to explain why. I'm still going to go Jay. And I'm going to go Jay, not just because of catalog, but because who has aged like that, who can still throw daggers? Like, dude, you put him as a feature on anybody's, anybody's song, still. And that's what's gonna be what people remember. And I love Kendrick, I love J. Cole. I love J. Cole. Yeah, me too. I think J. Cole is smooth. I'm a big, I like, out of all the new guys, I love the baby. Like, I think he's he's a little bit of a throwback, right? He's fun and he's great. Great. But I will tell you, like, Jay just transcends, right? And he hasn't lost the sharpness of his tongue. And so many guys, that's what they lose, and that's why they're not relevant. And hip hop hasn't seen anything for, for that amount of time. You know, you no go back to the late seventies or whatever. That's right. For this amount of time, it's been what twenty five years. He's like the U two or Rolling Stones of hip hop. Yeah. And like, who else has done that? I love LL, but like, I mean, it's just he's you know he's doing different shit now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Jay can still step on and be like, here, I'm just gonna school your ass right now. Right now. That's a perfect way to end an amazing, amazing day. This is Wine and Culture Los Angeles. I promise we're gonna turn these cameras off and we're gonna keep drinking. But thank you guys for being here. We love you. Rich Ant- Rich Antonello, CEO of Complex and Complex Network. I'm Devin. Uh, we love you guys. Peace. Thank you so much. That's, that's, instead of the hookup off of the fucking hoodie, like, you hook it up off the watch. No, yeah, for sure. Like, that's that's okay. the adult. When you become an adult, you swear that's the switch. I don't got the bright watch, I got the right <laughs> watch. I didn't buy out the bar, I bought the night spot. There's, 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 there's perfect, and then there's that. That was fucking perfect. I hope so. And then all this is gonna feel like a fucking dream. I know that somebody's been praying for me Head up a ground and I could up in six feet deep I don't need streets when I get out